from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Any player out there in the NHL, with the exception of maybe like five that are untouchable. And this is where things get interesting today, Chris Lee. That's Chris Lee. Dennis Cox are with you this afternoon on 99.9 The Fan. Graham Hill is producing us today. It is round one of the NHL draft, right? Round one tonight. Canes. They don't pick till 30th. You know why? Because they're good. Actually, they're not good. They're great. And that's why they pick 30th. So, you know what? If you're if you're anticipating, you know, who the Canes are going to draft or any of that kind of stuff, you know what? Go out and have dinner. Then come back later on. You'll be back there in the you know the early 20s. Yeah. And then you can kind of sit around and wait around a little bit. But here's the thing I'm actually anticipating hopefully today or tomorrow with the NHL draft taking place. That the Carolina Hurricanes not only use their draft picks for the future stars that we see in the franchise, but Chris making some trades and some moves. And we might see some of the draft picks, maybe even today's 30th pick. I don't know. Or a lot of the, they have, they have eight picks tomorrow. Might see some of those on the move to bring in guys that can help right now. Absolutely. Um, you know, as you said, you know, the draft tonight, you might want to stay up, see what happens at 28 or I'm sorry, 34, uh, the Carolina Hurricanes, but whatever happens, if they do end up using that pick, you're not going to hear from that guy for another two or three years, maybe even longer, depending on um, you know how much he develops or how clogged the, the Canes are at that particular position. Um, so it, it would be uh, advantageous and in their best uh, interest to either use that pick or other picks uh, tomorrow. I would say use your, your first, your number one, uh, your first round pick to to move to get somebody else that can help you out right now. Uh, the Canes uh, have done a very good job as far as like drafting and developing guys. Oh yeah, we're past that at the mm-hmm. at this point, right? Like you know, cool, sounds good. There, we can keep a few guys to develop in you know in the future. Sounds good, great. Right now, we need people to help us uh, get a Stanley Cup uh, title, and so. Uh, that's uh, that should be the focus, and I think we're going to see a, a lot of news, if not today, tomorrow, and of course on Friday. Mike Maniscalco, who's the play-by-play voice of the Carolina Hurricanes, earlier this afternoon he joined Hayes Permar, who is sitting in for Adam Gold on the Adam Gold Show, which you can listen from noon to three right here on ninety-nine-nine The Fan. Mike Maniscalco talked about how big trading picks is when it comes to the NHL draft. If, if you think the NBA trades picks, <laughs> wait till tonight, um, and, and the games are are not bashful about moving down or moving up. Yep. Really, uh, Carolina has, especially since Don Waddell has, has taken over as the, the general manager of the team and with assistant general managers Eric Polsky and, and Darren York, uh, they're not afraid to move out of a pick to move down because of the way that they scout and have belief in their draft board to move down a couple of spaces to pick up another pick. And we've seen the Canes do this multiple times. And they've also drafted guys outside of the first round who are stars right now with the team. For example, second-round pick, Sebastian Ajo. Third-round pick, Brett Pesci. Fourth-round pick, Jacob Slavin. Piotr Kretekov wasn't a first-round pick. You're seeing guys, but, you know, other guys like Andrei Svechnikov was the second overall pick. Martin Natchez, Seth Jarvis, those guys were first-round picks as well. So we've seen that combination of not only hitting on first round picks, but developing younger guys as well. Jack Drury was a second round pick for the Carolina Hurricanes. So 
we, again, we don't see these guys for several years, but I'm anticipating a lot of movement tonight. We're going to talk to Walt Ruff of Hurricanes.com at 3.30. And speaking of those trades and free agency, free agency actually starts this Saturday, July 1st, yeah. Chris. And Carolina has some guys that are obviously going to be free agents or restricted free agents, but a big move I'm hoping to see on Saturday or the announcement that we get is that we get a long-term contract extension with Sebastian Ajo. That is something that we could see announced as early as this Saturday afternoon or Saturday yeah, morning. I'm, I'm hoping that basically the, the framework is already in place. They're probably yeah. just working on a few minor details depending on who they bring in, um, you know, in the next few days uh, for next year's team. But uh, Sebastian Ajo is going to be huge for uh, the future of this team. Uh, huge uh, piece to, of course, build around. Uh, you know, Don, uh, Don Waddell, um, also owner Tom Dundon, they both are just kind of like, yeah, this is going to happen. They, they yeah. were so, um, you know, sure that everything's going to happen, which tells me the framework is probably already there. They're just waiting on whatever other details here to, to just kind of final finalize everything as they're trying to build the team around Sebastian Ajo and others. Well, you can't officially sign a contract extension until you officially enter in the final year of your contract, which would be July 1st. Yep. So that is yep. the reason why we haven't heard anything yet. But don't be shocked if on Saturday we hear Sebastian Ajo eight-year contract extension. Now, in terms of the, how much money per year, that is to be determined. There's some guys who have signed some eight-year contract extensions, including Pierre-Luc Dubois, Timo Meyer, that are eight and a half and eight point eight million dollars per year, respectively, for those two guys. My guess is he falls somewhere in that range, or maybe nine million dollars. We shall see. But something I'm looking forward to, not only is hockey season, Chris, but in November, we get the ACC-SEC Challenge in basketball. You know what? It's about time that the ACC has some quality competition when it comes to these cross-conference matchups because the Big Ten stinks, and I was tired of whipping up on them. They're no good. About time the ACC has some good competition in another conference with the SEC. <laughs> Um, I, I will say this, the ACC definitely, um, dominated the ACC big 10 challenge. Yeah, they did. Uh, over, over the course of time, uh, we can go back and count that up. Uh, oh, I think it's uh 13, eight and three is See, what I, what I'm looking at right now. There 13, it is. eight and three. Uh, but the SEC has been, they've definitely been coming up, uh, strong in, in men's and women's basketball. Uh, over the last few years. Uh, let's go through these matchups, though, because it's a lot of exciting matchups. I think there's something for everybody in mm -hmm. these matchups, especially with our local ones. So uh, November 28th in men's basketball, uh, NC State at Ole Miss. Yeah. So that is going to be Jarkel Joyner. Which one are you going to cheer for? Because he <laughs> came from Ole Miss to transfer to NC State. Uh, and, of course, you know, one of the assistant coaches for NC State came from Ole Miss as well. So mm -hmm. that's going to be a very interesting one as well. Uh, November 29th, Tennessee at North Carolina. Yeah. Um, I know that the Tar Heel fans are going to boo the living crap out of Rick Barnes. No. Because, of course, Rick Barnes had that shouting match that one time in 95 uh, against Dean Smith. So, of course, uh, <laughs> the Chapel Hill fans are going to be uh, giving uh, Rick Barnes the business in that one. Do, and actually, that same night, Duke will play at Arkansas at 9-15. Uh, Dean Smith and Rick Barnes back then were fined $2,500 each for that shouting match back in 1995. 
Uh, that, which that was is, big. That was a big fine. Yeah, for back then, that's a massive fine <laughs> uh, for both those guys. I'm like, for me, I'm thinking twenty five hundred bucks. I'm like, well, that's a few months rent, uh, right there. A couple <laughs> months rent, right there for sure. So I, it's, it, I'm looking forward to it. It's definitely going to have a different feel than the ACC Big Ten Challenge, but this is something that we hope to see in terms of the narrative of the Atlantic Coast Conference, in the sense that we heard how. We, we talked at nauseum about how overhyped the Big Ten is, and a lot of that is due to the net rankings and the net numbers and all that kind of stuff. But we hear a lot oftentimes about, oh, the ACC's down, ACC's not that good. And again, a lot of that uh, you know factors with the net rankings and all that kind of stuff. If you want to have the narrative, Chris, of still being the best basketball conference and not having the SEC, a lot of people actually talk about the SEC being the best basketball conference potentially now. If you want to make sure that narrative doesn't actually gain fire or catch fire, I should say, win the ACC-SEC Challenge as a conference. Win this. Prove that you're the dominant basketball conference in the nation. Yeah, they've had some down years, or at least some, some teams have had some down years recently, but you know what? Beat those teams on the floor. It's going to boost the net rankings for the ACC, and it's only going to help the ACC as the season goes along. And it's important to say, too, the reason why the ACC Big Ten Challenge is no longer a thing is because Big Ten's new uh, TV contract yes. deal is is done with uh, ESPN. So they're with Fox Sports, uh, CBS, and NBC. They have a, a nice little three-way split uh, with that. So, of yeah. course, ESPN is going to create a challenge between two of their uh, uh, conferences that they have the, the uh, contract with. So that's why we have this new a- ACC SEC challenge really quick. Women's basketball, the, the oh, matchups yeah. are still really good there. Vanderbilt at N- NC state, mm-hmm. South Carolina at UNC. That's probably yeah. the biggest matchup out of all of these to me. And then Duke at Georgia, which should be on November 30th. So I'm excited about the men's and women's side of this uh, new SEC SEC challenge. I know, Chris, so you know, the TV deals is why we have the ACC SEC challenge, but let's be real. The Big Ten's just scared of, you know, they're just tired of getting beat up on by the ACC. <laughs> they're just scared. Let's call it what it is. Uh, we, we can say that. We can say that. I'll say it. I just did. Career-driven individuals ready to unlock your potential? Discover William Peace University's School of Professional Studies. Our classes are tailored for the working professional. Attend class on your terms with our online sessions and choose from various start dates throughout the year. Dive into a curriculum designed for success. Every class is a stepping stone that takes you closer to your career goals. Take one or more classes. It's in your hands. Elevate your career with William Peace University's School of Professional Studies. Dive deeper at williampeace.info sps. Your journey begins here. Notre Dame, uh, they're looking for more money. As of right now, they're currently uh, making about, uh, let's see, in, the, in like the $28 million, $30 million range uh, per year. Uh, $22 million of that is from the NBC contract as well as some money from the ACC uh, for every year. And so they're looking to potentially triple what they're bringing in. They want to bring in 65 to 75 million dollars annually. Well, how will they begin to do that? Dennis, here are the facts. Mm-hmm. Their contract with NBC currently runs up in 2024. Yep. That exclusive deal they've had that began in 1991. Uh, and that's what pays them 22 million annually. Of course, uh, Notre Dame wants to start keeping up with other conferences like the SEC, Big Ten, who are paying their teams uh, in the range of 90 million per year. So they're wanting to get up there higher 
So how are they supposed to do that? Well, either they join another conference to get more of that, or maybe something else happens. Dennis, what, what do you think ends up happening with this for Notre Dame to end up getting more money per year for their rights fees? I'm curious how much more NBC Sports is willing to pay than what they currently are. Like you said, $22 million annually to Notre Dame for football media rights for their home games. Notre Dame also gets about $11 million from the Atlantic Coast Conference for all the other sports that they're a member in. So the question is, how much more are they going to get? Now we talk about the ACC being, quote-unquote, behind. This money, roughly $33 million a year, in overall rights fees is less than what other ACC schools are getting. So Notre Dame isn't even being competitive in which the conference that they compete in outside of football uh, full time. So you even just want to even get on the ACC's level. Here's the thing though, is that if they want to join a conference, from my understanding, it has to be the ACC, right? Because of the grant of rights that they're signed in with all their other sports and their full time member and every other sport other than football. So the ACC isn't just going to be like, oh, yeah, you're a member of this conference and everything else. Go be a member of the Big Ten in football. Not going to happen. That's just not going to happen. They're not going to allow that to happen because they want to keep everything intact. Plus, if you're another conference, you want to bring Notre Dame in for all sports, not just for football. Though football is the the big-time driver. Now, in terms of where their school is located and probably where a lot of their alumni base is, is in the Midwest, so which is Big Ten country. Big Ten country. But yep. but the the profile of the school is the Big Ten outside of Northwestern is major state universities. The ACC is the unique blend of both private and public institutions. So ACC, mm-hmm. in terms of profile of school, actually makes more sense for Notre Dame in that regard. If Notre Dame wants more money, they got to join a conference. If they want to potentially have a buy in the first round of the college football playoff, You have have to to be a conference conference champion. So guess what? You want to make more money? You want to earn more? You got to come to the ACC full-time. And this is where things can actually benefit not only Notre Dame, but the rest of the ACC as a whole. Because guess what? When the renegotiation window in terms of how much money the ACC makes per year from Disney, well, when you have Notre Dame added into the mix, you can demand more money and say, hey, look, we got one of the biggest profile college football programs in the country as part of our footprint full-time now. So guess what? Now you would start seeing Notre Dame, North Carolina on ABC and things along those lines consistently year after year. So the ACC can gain more money from that as well. ACC ain't going to let Notre Dame walk. So there's a couple things that it will be interesting to see, you know, how everything shakes out and, and how everything happens. Mm-hmm. As you refer to the grant of rights, that the ACC uh, has with all of their member member institutions runs through 2036, pretty much ironclad, uh, which is basically the rights that the the schools have given the ACC to sell uh, the television rights. Um, But there are windows where things can kind of be renegotiated, uh, even though their prices are pretty much locked in. This makes me wonder, as you said before, how much does NBC really want this? Maybe uh, NBC can still work something out to try to keep Notre Dame if they were to join the ACC. And maybe that works out for the ACC as well. Mm. If they're able to negotiate with Disney to give some of their rights over to NBC sports, we've seen NBC kind of sneakily get a little bit further, dip their toe a little bit more into the sports world, right? They're part of this big 10 uh, uh, 
deal that was split with um, the uh, CBS and Fox Sports. So we'll start seeing them have Big Ten football, yep. and Big Ten basketball uh, coming up here soon. There's also rumors that NBC is interested in Sunday night basketball. After Sunday night football is over, then they'll switch back, bring the NBA back to uh, NBC. I, I remember NBA or NBC. It, like, mm-hmm. it just feels like home for them to be there. So it'll be very interesting to see if that's going to be a part of it. Or, uh, as you brought up, Dennis, if Notre Dame says to Disney and ESPN, if we join the ACC, you need to up this money for everybody. Mm-hmm. And it'll be interesting to see if, if that could end up uh, happening with them on that because, as you said, they would have those rights for a big-time Carolina-Notre Dame matchup, for a big-time uh, Notre Dame-Clemson matchup. Um, and I mean, that could be Notre Dame could absolutely be part of your game of the week, you know, at least oh, yeah. five different times during the year, depending on who they go against. Oh, for sure. And especially if you're going to have them possibly be on ABC because you want to have it on network television right. because the Big right. Ten that met those three networks they're working with are all over the air networks, not as opposed to cable only or, or streaming service, you know, if you're going to YouTube, YouTube TV or something along those lines. So yeah. that is something that Big Ten has an advantage over. So the grant of rights does force Notre Dame to join the ACC before the grant of rights, or if they if they try and join a conference, it has to be the ACC before the year 2036. The grant of rights has that thing locked in. So if NBC wants to have Notre Dame continue to be part of their footprint, they might have to discuss with Disney about buying a package of games off them. It's going to yeah. cost them a hefty amount of money. Also, if you're ABC or Disney in that regard, are you willing to do that? Probably not. You want to hold on to that stuff as much as possible. Might be something on the lines for non-conference games, but in conference, you're going to want well, those matchups. Here's the thing. In the way, NBC, they have a sweet deal with what they're paying now. Oh, yeah. But but if, they're, if you think about it, if they're still like in a situation where – all they have to do is just up the money a little bit more for Notre Dame and maybe a few more you know, packages of games if, if, if Disney lets that happen. You still come out a little bit cheaper on the other end, right? Mm-hmm. Because instead of paying like a billion a year <laughs> like ESPN is going to do, um, and then they have to split that down against all members of the conference, you're talking about really one team that you're really focusing plus a few others. So NBC could actually come out a little bit cheaper in this process to be able to keep uh, Notre Dame versus – uh, you know, having their own, you know, network rights packages for a particular uh, conference because that would be just way too expensive. 